What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to Bet to Win from Blue Wire Studios at Win Las Vegas. I'm your host, Joe Fan. It's a beautiful Wednesday here at the Win. Again, our show on Wednesday, not Thursday, to preview the Sweet 16 that begins on Thursday. A huge weekend of hoops between Thursday morning and Sunday when you put your head on the pillow. It'll be down to four. We're going to preview the Sweet 16, a comprehensive betting preview of the Sweet 16 with Patrick uh, Everson of Props.com. He's going to be in studio. You're not going to want to miss that. But first, I've got a victory lap to take because my Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee State, they were laying four and a half. They won by 30. That's what you call a stress-free winner. And if you played them again on Tuesday, they covered against Abilene Christian. So the Blue Raiders now in the championship game of the CBI, the college basketball invitation that you set on your, you mark your calendars every year for this tournament. They are now in the championship trying to win a trophy. Uh, one more chance to bet on our Blue Raiders uh, before their season comes to a close. Let's jump into a few headlines before we bring Patrick in. The quarterback carousel in the NFL continues to churn. Matt Ryan is now an Indianapolis Colt. The Colts send a third round pick to Atlanta. Uh, for their new quarterback, they go from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. To me, a huge win for the Colts and the betting odds in terms of their Super Bowl odds reflect that as well. They go from plus 3,300 now up to plus 1,800. 33 to 1 to 18 to 1. That's a big jump. It's a great move for them. They save cap money. His number is lower than Carson Wentz. Uh, a couple of takeaways here. Matt Ryan still playing good football. He turns 37 years old in May. Uh, last year, he had a touchdown-to-interception ratio of 20 to 12, but that's with limited weapons uh, to throw the ball to. Calvin Ridley, obviously not there for most of the season, dealing with personal issues. Julio Jones was traded before the season. Their best pass catcher, Kyle Pitts, just a rookie. Had a nice season, but not a lot of help around him. I love this move for Indy. I think he is a big upgrade from Carson Wentz. So takeaway number one, um, beyond what this does for the Colts, and I think it's a good move for them. Atlanta has absolutely screwed this situation up so egregiously. Last year, around this time, they were going through the whole conversation of, we're not going to rebuild. We're not going to blow it up. Well, now a year later, they've traded Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley not only doesn't want to be there, but is suspended for the entire season for being an idiot and betting on his own team's games. Um, and they've traded Matt Ryan. And in doing so, have absorbed a $40 million dead cap hit, the largest in NFL history by a whopping $7 million. So as their GM said, they are taking it on the chin in 2022. Very curious to see where it goes. They could have just taken um, Justin Fields with that fourth overall pick a year ago or Mac Jones and had the quarterback position solved moving forward. Um, instead, uh, that's very much a question mark they're going to have to figure out. Ideally, they get a top five pick going into next year. Seems like they're in fully tank mode and they can tap into a much better quarterback draft class in 2023. The second takeaway is what the hell happens to Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield at this point? Because the Niners have played this all wrong. I think they were hoping the market would build and build for Jimmy G. If Matt Ryan's being traded for a third round pick, there's not a chance the Niners get more than that for Jimmy. And so you already see the PR machine start to work with them and say, oh, well, maybe we'll keep him and he can be there and he's a veteran leader on the roster. And there's no situation where that's not weird. It's like breaking up and but then keeping your ex as your best friend and you start dating someone else and say, well, we're still going to hang out with them all the time because you know we're really close and they're important to have around. That doesn't work. 
Not a chance. There's no way, there's no situation in which the Niners can keep Jimmy Garoppolo on their roster. But what worries them now is, are they going to have to send a draft pick with him if they're not going to take on the entire roster, or not the entire roster, the entire salary of Jimmy G? Same thing with Baker. It came out, was reported that Seahawks say, hey, we'll look at trading for Baker Mayfield, but we want a draft pick with him. We're not going to give you anything, but if we're going to take that salary, we want draft compensation in addition to taking on Baker Mayfield. It's really telling that in that blockbuster trade for Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans didn't want Baker Mayfield in return. They said, we'll either deal with what's in the draft or we'll roll with Davis Mills. We don't need Baker. And I'm the biggest Baker apologist out there. I've loved Baker for a long time, but it is telling that it also comes out that made me laugh. I don't know how much, sub, you know, it doesn't mean a whole lot, but the mutual disinterest between Baker Mayfield and the Panthers. Like, why report that? It's something you've never... You know, you always see, oh, this side and this side, they'd like to work something out. No, they hate each other, Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. But it is fascinating to see, uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with those two quarterbacks and where they ultimately end up going because um, it's not, there you know, the, 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 the Browns and the Niners are not in positions of power with those two guys. Let's just go through the Super Bowl odds for the teams that have added new quarterbacks. Russell Wilson and the Broncos, 18-1. to 1. Deshaun Watson and the Browns, 15-1, to 1, which is an interesting number given Deshaun Watson could still be suspended and Jacoby Brissett could be starting a significant portion of their games this season. Carson Wentz to the Commanders. That's not going to get uh, normal to say for quite some time. They're at 75-1. to 1. Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers, 50-1. to 1. Marcus Mariota to the Falcons. Uh, I actually low-key like that move for one year. I wish the Seahawks would have made that move instead of rolling with Drew Locke. Um, at 100-1, to 1, Drew Locke and the Seahawks also at 100-1. to 1, And Jameis Winston staying with the Saints. The Saints uh, are 50-1. to 1. Um, Moving on, Adam Schefter and Ian Rapport reporting that uh, Tyree Kill is on his way out of Kansas City. Ian Rapport reports uh, that Tyree Kill is turning down a sizable contract offer. Um, from the Chiefs to make him one of the highest paid receivers in football. Adam Schefter is saying the Jets and Dolphins are all in right now with serious talks to acquire Tyreek Hill, to which my only uh, takeaway is anytime you can turn down a ton of money to play with Patrick Mahomes to catch passes from Tua Tagovailoa or Zach Wilson, you've got to do it, obviously. And it's bizarre to think in this AFC West arms race that we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks where every team seemingly add big, adding big pieces um, the Chiefs could potentially be adding Juju Smith-Schuster and then sending Tyree Kill away. Not a lot of logic there outside of, I guess, just ego and money, um, but something that's that's going to be worth following um, as it unfolds. Um, let's bring in our guest, though, now. Enough from me in these headlines. Let's get to the madness in the Sweet 16, weekend number two in the NCAA tournament. It's Patrick Everson of Props.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Patrick E underscore Vegas. So shout out to another guy with an underscore in the Twitter handle. Patrick, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming in and, and, and spending some time with us here. Absolutely. I'm happy to do it. My first venture into, into Blue Wire Studios. I've seen it from outside, living here in Vegas. Incredible space. Congrats on this great opportunity that you've gotten here in Las Vegas. I'm, I hope it's working out really well. This is spectacular. It is spectacular. Every time we come here to record, it's, it's a whole lot of fun and you know, you got the, the people out there that can walk by and, and wave at us. Then I got the producers in there who tell me to move on because I'm going too slow. And <laughs> uh, But I'm pumped to have you here and preview the Sweet 16. Um, and But first, I want to hear about Props.com and, and what you guys do there. 
and what people who maybe haven't heard of you can tap into from an information standpoint. Right. Well, here's what we're trying to do. Props.com. First off, it's a, it's a free website. It's, you know, it's not something that's subscription driven or anything like that. All the information we put up there is free. What we're trying to do is provide content to help betters make a more informed wager. And we're trying to do that in an entertaining and informative, fun way uh, that's actionable. So we have a whole lot of information, a lot, a lot of articles, uh, analysis, trends, et cetera, and a lot of video work that I do as well. And a lot of that, a lot of the video stuff goes straight to social media, but, uh, uh, but some of it ends up on our site, some of it ends up on our YouTube channel as well. But really, like I said, we're just trying to be entertaining, informative, and actionable with, our, with most of our information. What I mean by that is, I, you know, we want you to be able to read, this, read a piece and, or, or consume a video clip or what have you and have that help you make a decision on where you go with your bet. And you know, so that you go to the counter with just a little bit more information. Maybe you're almost there on a pick. Maybe you're thinking about something or maybe you're thinking one way and we take you another way. And what I like the best is when I get comments on social media that say, hey, you know what? I read this or I saw this and it took me off that bet. And because I didn't bet, I didn't lose. So I think that's, I think that kind of information is just as valuable as ones that point you in a, you know, more in a direction that you maybe were already leaning or flip you to the other side. I think when you take somebody off a bet that, um, you know, that with, with information that they found valuable, I think that's just as important. The bets you don't make are sometimes the best ones. It is. It's a great way to save people money, certainly. And we're going to inform all of you on each of these Sweet 16 matchups. And I'm going to come in with the information, what the line is, some Ken Palm numbers, maybe edges for each side. And then Patrick's going to explain where the money is, who's betting and how much. But but first, I want to preface this conversation with which pieces of this info, when you talk about the handle and the splits, where should people be looking to get most of their information in terms of what's a relevant number um, and why is there such a stigma when it comes to betting with the public? I think when people hear public, they think, oh, I've got to stay away and go to the other side. What do people need to be aware of here that maybe say, hey, ignore this, it's just noise, but, but maybe this is something that's important to pay attention to? Well, look, first off, in, in a lot of cases, the, the splits are an interesting component of information, but we don't always have context behind the splits. And without context behind the splits, for example, how a line is moving, which, which you know, has it gone up? Has it gone down? Has there been some back and forth? Um, comments from the people providing those splits, which WinBet often does give me comments. Alan Berg and Motu Pearson and, and, and so on. That They're a great team who often help give me context behind what they're seeing. Yep. Well, they can't always do this. These, these odds makers, especially this time of year, just like with Super Bowl, they're super busy. So they don't always necessarily have time to provide context. Yep. So while the splits are interesting, what would be helpful and what I try to do with the what props tries to do, everybody on our staff tries to do with the information we put out is at least provide the context of, okay, here's where this opened. It went up a point. It came back a point and a half. It went back. And we try to include that information so that you can see, okay, this has gone up, this has gone down, this has gone back and forth to give a little context to how a game is being bet. Where we can, whenever we can, we try to also get comments from these odds makers uh, who, who definitely can help shed more light on it. The sharp play is definitely here. Uh, the public is all over this side. And as far as, you know, staying away from the public, I don't think, I, I think as a strategy, some people think that's a really good strategy. They're like, oh, everybody's on Gonzaga, for example. I've got to go the other way on that. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying there's not something to that. There's definitely something to that. 
And usually the book is going to need the sharp side. So if you can figure out the sharp side, you're on the same side as the book. And that's generally where you want to be because the book is in this business to, you know, to make, to make money, to do business, so to speak. But uh, that doesn't mean the public is, uh, is always on the wrong side. And a lot of times you'll have instances, and we've had this happen last week in the Sweet 16 or in the uh, round of 64 and the round of 32, where the Sharps and the public have been on the same side. Now, generally, the Sharps are getting in first and moving that number and the public is tailing. But uh, one thing the odds makers always get wary of is when the public and the Sharps are on the same side of a game, then they're like, boy, we are really going to need the other side now. Yep. All right, let's run through the matchups. Let's start. We'll just go all the way around the bracket, starting with the top left quadrant, and then all the way around um, with Gonzaga. One seed against the four seed Arkansas. Gonzaga laying nine. That's updated. It was nine and a half when I looked last night. Just updated now. It is nine. The total is 155. Ken Palm predicts this to be an 82-72 final. That's a total of 154. So the under by a hair. Um, Arkansas, their offense hasn't been great in, in terms of Effective field goal percentage. They rank 237th in that category. Gonzaga's defense ranks number one in EFG percentage. Uh, you also look at Arkansas's offense ranking 314th in three-point percentage, where Gonzaga has an elite rim defender in Chet Holmgren. So scoring, obviously the, the pace is going to be immense here. That's why the total is so great, but hard to find an edge for Arkansas offensively um, outside of the fact that Gonzaga doesn't force turnovers. And that's one of my biggest issues with them is that they are forced to get stops and rebounds every possession because they rank 296th in forcing turnovers. Where is the money at here? Well, it's actually a really good two-way game. You mentioned nine and a half and now back to nine. Is that right? And that's what I'm seeing in the latest splits that, uh, that Jake Meister at WinBet just sent over uh, today, this morning, uh, Wednesday morning. And again, it's, uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the total. Let's go to the spread bets. Spread bets, they are taking Arkansas with the tickets. Three to one ticket count, 76% of spread bets on the underdog, but the money dead even on the spread, 50% both sides. So that kind of, you know, maybe explains how it got to nine and a half and why it's kind of dialed back. There's some two-way, there's definitely two-way action. Well, there's dead even two-way action, basically, when you're talking money on the spread here. And then moving on to Duke and Texas Tech. I'm fascinated for this matchup because <laughs> you clearly have a talent edge on one side with a handful of NBA players, mm -hmm. obviously led by uh, Ben Caro, and then a Texas Tech team that will beat you up. And, and they're so physically imposing. It'll make you, make you uncomfortable uh, with a defense that is one of the best in the country. Um, Texas Tech is laying one. They are the favorites in this game, which just, to me, screams like Duke is going to be a public dog in this one, given that it feels like the public is always eager to bet with the Blue Bloods. Uh, 137 is the total. Ken Palm predicts a 69-68 final in favor of Texas Tech. That's a 137 total. So right <laughs> on the numbers. So yep. Ken Palm and the books, very much in agreement here. Uh, the issue with Texas Tech is offensively they can struggle to score. They rank 251st in terms of three-point percentage, 233rd in terms of free throw percentage. But they are an elite offensive rebounding team. Um, they rank 40th in that category. Duke's defense ranks 217th in defensive rebounding. So to me, if Texas Tech is to win, they have to be dominant on the glass, particularly on the offensive glass. Where is the money coming in here? And am I right in thinking that Duke will be a very public dog here? Oh, I think you're right. And I think it's going to be fascinating in the 24 to 30 hours or so leading up to the game from the time your, uh, your podcast drops today what happens with this? Because right now at WinBet, Duke is taking 59% of bets. 
but Texas Tech is taking 60% of money on the spread. And I thought your point about uh, some of the Ken Palm information was fascinating. Spencer Limbach, uh, my peer at Props.com, did a piece a few weeks back ahead of the tournament, noting that it goes back many years, but if you, the winner of the tournament has been top 40 offensive efficiency in Ken Palm, top 25 defense. Texas Tech meets both those criteria. So, and they're, and they're way up there in defense, if I recall correctly. So, yep. uh, fascinating. And it's interesting that that Ken Palm score was not only right on the spread, but right on the total. It's like, oh my goodness, they're, they're right there. The odds makers know what they're doing and Ken Palm knows what he's doing. Yeah. I, I think for me, I'm staying away from this game because I've got a Texas <laughs> Tech future. I had Tennessee on one side that they let me down against Michigan. I'm still bitter about that, but I've got Texas Tech at 29 to one. That will be my bet for this game. Um, hoping they can beat the Dukies, but certainly a, a very significant contrast in terms of styles um, that will play out in this one. I like the edge of Texas Tech. I understand why they're the favorite and understand why the books might be willing to take money, public money on the Duke side without without swaying the line to either a pick or giving Duke a point. Right, and I think what's worth noting is, is a look over my notes again that Jake Meister sent across from WinBet. Uh, rather than taking the one, people are playing the Duke money line instead and they're playing it Heavy. I mean, you're only getting a, a little bit there, minus 105, but it beats minus one. Why lay minus 110 when you can lay minus 105 if you feel like Duke's going to win outright? Almost three to one tickets, almost, almost three to one tickets, almost nine to one money on the money line on Duke. So they're going the money line route instead. But I think the public is, Duke is definitely going to be a public dog, if you will. I'm not even sure they're going to go off a dog. We'll see what happens. Yeah, makes sense. We'll see how that line moves. And if it moves, like Patrick said, moving on to number four, the fourth seed UCLA. Uh, laying two and a half against the NC, uh, eight seed North Carolina Tar Heels. This total is set at 142 and a half. Ken Palm projects it as a five point UCLA win with a total at 145. 75 70 would be the final, uh, according to KP. UCLA top 15 in offensive and defensive efficiency. They are elite on both ends of the floor. But I think the X factor here is A, how does Jaime Jaquez's injury impact this game, even if he does play as he 100%? And B, what North Carolina team shows up because when this team is playing well, they smoke Duke at the end of the season Yep. and coach K's farewell game mm-hmm. at Cameron. They were embarrassing Baylor before a really terrible flagrant two. Right. Uh, he shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have been ejected being, being ejected. So North Carolina, to me, I think everyone watches this team and says, this, these guys could beat anybody. Yes. Uh, and so it, are, it, this also feels like a, a public dog here. If you're going to take two and a half points, um, with North Carolina. Right. I think they were not only a public dog, but out of the gate, some books opened as high as four. One odds maker I spoke with felt he, he, the discussion in their risk room was four, three and a half. That was higher. Both of those numbers were higher than other books, most other books. And they went with it. They went with three and a half and got bet down. So I think there might've been some sharp play initially on North Carolina too. But I agree. They're probably a public play. And here at WinBet, Three to one tickets, two to one money on North Carolina. They're definitely sold on this team. Number down to two and a half, uh, two and a half flat. Uh, and they're taking North, and like Duke, they're taking North Carolina on the money nine. 70% of tickets, 87% of money on North Carolina. And I can tell you right out of the gate, as these numbers populated on Saturday night and Sunday night, once these matchups were set last Saturday and Sunday, North Carolina was definitely a popular play at multiple books. Uh, they're going to need, you know, they believe they're going to need UCLA. Uh, but one operator did say that uh, they got as low as two. We're looking at two and a half at WinBet now that he thinks the line will go higher at some point, thinks there might be some buyback on UCLA. That may 
in fact, be sharp buyback. But uh, and then another opera, another odds maker told me tickets early on two to one in favor of Carolina, money five to one on Carolina, and uh, kind of matching the experience that people are seeing at WinBet as well. In the bottom half of that region, the, the third seed Purdue is laying 12 and a half against the 15 seed St. Peter's. The Cinderella continues to ride into weekend number two of this tournament. I, I think what's been impressive is that they have shot the ball better than they showed they could in the regular season. And their defense has allowed them to avoid the big runs by the favorites in both of their games, one against Murray State and two, University of Kentucky. And that's what you see when you see these mid-majors hang around and maybe a big upset's brewing. A great example, the most extreme example is like Gonzaga, when Georgia State's hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. Gonzaga rips off like a 20-0 run. And all of a sudden, this game's out of reach and Gonzaga is almost you know, covering, and they were until a final bucket by Georgia State. To me, and, and Ken Palm predicts St. Peter's to cover, 73-63, the final uh, in terms of the Ken Palm prediction. It's a 136 total. Win bet has the total at 135, so pretty sharp there. Um, to me, you look at, at where Purdue is the edge, outside of just the talent. It's the size that's immense. But St. Peter's ranks 348th in opponent's free throw rate. So their opponents are getting to the free throw line a whole lot. And we just watched a game where Purdue shot 46 free throws right. against Texas. 46, <laughs> which is an outrageous number. I don't expect to get back to there because that's an anomaly. But they do rank 14th in getting to the free throw line. So they do get to the free throw line more often than not than most other teams. So a huge edge there in addition to the other edges in favor of Purdue are people riding with the Cinderella, hoping the slipper still fits, or is the uh, the blue blood here getting the, the getting the money? Yeah, they're they're riding with Cinderella on the spread, and that that's the largest spread of the Sweet Sixteen, which will come as no surprise to anybody. Twelve and a half points is a lot of points for for uh, to give a team that's been you know that's really riding a hot ride, riding a hot streak, playing the hot hand. And at WinBet right now, Wednesday, seventy two percent of spread tickets on St. Peter's, sixty four percent of spread money on St. Peter's. Money line, a little bit more of a dichotomy, 60%, almost 61% of tickets on Purdue. But money line handle, money line cash, taking flyers with St. Peter's, six, 63, almost 63.5%, uh, taking that plus 650, which is mighty juicy. That's probably more a public play than anything, I would guess. But yeah, people kind of like the slipper. 12.5 is a lot of points at this stage of the tournament. Even, even though a number 15 seed has never gotten beyond the Sweet 16, 12 and a half is a lot of points. It's a lot of points. It's a fun little sprinkle with some beer money yes. uh, to watch that game with the money line at plus 600. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at why St. Peter's has hung around, they rank 28th in defensive efficiency and they rank fifth in opponents' effective field goal percentage. So they, which is again, and you see it when you watch these games, they back down from no one. It manifests itself in Shaheen Holloway, his confidence, and the rest of the team exhibits that as well. Let's move uh, up to the East region. Uh, where you have Arizona, or sorry, the South region, Arizona and Houston, Arizona, um, favored by a point and a half. The total is set at 145. Ken Palm predicts, predicts a one-point win, 74-73 for Houston, which is a 147 total. Um, Houston has an edge in terms of forcing turnovers. Um, they rank 69th in turnover percentage, Uh or sorry, in terms of offensively, they don't turn the ball over much. They rank 69th in that category. Arizona's defense ranks 235th in forcing turnovers. Um, and then defensively, they rank 29th in forcing turnovers. This is Houston, compared to an Arizona team that ranks 166th in turnover percentage offensively. So both ends of the floor, Houston has an edge. 
terms of turnovers. Uh, both teams have an edge in offensive rebounding. Houston ranks third in offensive rebounding, where Arizona's defense ranks 193rd in defensive rebounding. And we saw TCU rack up 20 offensive rebounds in that game where the Horned Frogs nearly upset, arguably should have upset, the Wildcats in the round of 32. But Arizona also, and as you saw in overtime, uh, a great offensive rebounding team as well. They rank 15th in that category where Houston's defense ranks 146th. And defensive rebounding, the thing you worry about with Houston is uh, free throw shooting. That's their Achilles heel. They shoot 66.7% from the charity stripe. This, to me, for my money, is the best matchup of the Sweet 16. I absolutely can't wait for it. I will probably end up playing Houston because, to me, they're the more, more relentless, more consistent team, more physical team, where Arizona, at their top end, when they are playing well, I think they're the best team in the country. They just go to, through too many lulls where mm-hmm. they don't score. They give up offensive rebounds, and they put themselves in a hole they have to come back from. Where, where are the betters going to the window here? They're going both ways. On the spread, it's two-to-one tickets on Arizona, but the money is just shy of two-to-one on Houston. They kind of, they, you know, the money is, is backing Houston at the, you know, getting the plus one and a half. Uh, they are taking Arizona on the money line, basically in the three-to-one range on the money line ra- rather than laying the two at this point at win bet. And I thought what was interesting, you mentioned the Ken Palm Projected score, 147, just over the total. A couple of points over the current total at WinBet of 145. Three to one tickets and money on the over. Um, and it's, and this one might be, I've got a 25 to one futures ticket on Arizona. I might sprinkle a little money on Houston here to back that up just a little bit and make sure that that ticket gets me a few dollars one way or the other. Yeah, I like that play. <laughs> I'm a big fan of hedging, and I might do the same with Duke against Texas Tech going into this week. And I'm also an emo hedge guy, so I'm going to be betting Arkansas hard uh, against my Zags, um, as I did in round two, and I will continue to do until Gonzaga <laughs> is knocked out of this dang tournament. Um, three matchups left. The 11-seed Michigan uh, against two-seed Villanova. Villanova leading five. The total set at 135.5. Ken Palm predicts a five-point win. Um, 71-66 in favor of Nova, the total at 137 there. So maybe a shade on the over if you're listening to Ken Palm. This, to me, is is a pretty simple matchup. Villanova does everything better than Michigan. You just wonder if Hunter Dickinson can continue to dominate. He put up 27-11 and 11 in the round of 32 against Tennessee, and Nova ranks 133 in two-point percentage on defense, which isn't a terrible number, but it's also not an elite number. Right. So I think... It makes sense that if Michigan's going to not only cover this spread, but win, Hunter Dickinson has to continue to be the superstar that he is for the Wolverines. Right, and they're not, at least early betters. Now, keep in mind, the bulk of the money on any of these games, it's just the same as NFL. The bulk of the money and tickets are going to come in much closer to game time. But that said, there is some, there is some, you know, there is something to the trends that develop over the course of three or four days. And the money line wagering in this game is, very much slanted to Villanova at this point. Uh, three to one tickets, almost four to one money on the money line. And the spread, similar. Almost three to one tickets, almost four to one money on the spread on Villanova as well. So uh, at least from the early action on this game, they're not anticipating that Michigan can keep this going for one more game. But uh, certainly fascinating. And then a split on the total, 63% on the over, 60 per- 60, 63% of tickets on the over, 60% of money on the under. I'm just going to finally take my L with the Wolverines. <laughs> I didn't think they should get in the tournament. I didn't either. I was on Colorado State in the first round feeling awesome. It was the first oh, game yeah. of the tournament. Yes. They're up 15 in the first half. And I took the first of 15 on that bet. 
on that game. Love that. At least you made fun you, like, bet. One, I made money early on Colorado State. One of the few people to make money on Colorado <laughs> State in that game. Of course, Colorado State melts egregiously in the second half. They end up losing by 12. Then Michigan takes out one of my two futures in Tennessee, where Tennessee and other melt at the end of the game. And that matter was just interesting because Michigan was so terrible against Indiana in the Big Ten tournament down the stretch. Their big lead evaporated, and they have now come back in the second half on two straight occasions to get to the Sweet 16. So I'm staying away from this game. Michigan, I concede. You win. <laughs> to the Mid- Sometimes you just got to know when to say when, right? <laughs> yep. To the Midwest region, two more matchups here. One seed, Kansas laying seven and a half against Providence. Uh, the total is set at 141 and a half. Ken Palm predicts a seven point uh, difference there. So this number is sharp, 76-69. The projected final, according to Ken Palm, it's a 145 total. So if you're looking for a potential play here, the over seems like a strong move. If you are a believer in Ken Palm and their metrics and their projections, um, Providence is good at everything. They just don't do anything as well as Kansas. They don't force turnovers either. They rank 322nd in terms of forcing turnovers. They have been the luckiest team in college basketball, as we've seen on a game-in and game-out basis. But they did just obliterate uh, Richmond in the second round. I was on that game. I think this one I'm going to stay away from because I want to lean Providence. Seven and a half is a ton of points. But I do believe Kansas is really good. So right. what do you make of Providence's A, the luck factor that is immense, and then B, um, this is being a lot of points, and what are the betters saying? Well, the betters are split on this. sixty, Almost 68% of spread tickets on Kansas, laying the seven and a half at win bet. And, but not... And then almost a dead even split on money, about 53% of money on Providence taking the seven and a half or eight or whatever they may have gotten uh, when they made that wager. This is tough for me because Providence has certainly been fortuitous. I have an extreme bias here. I have a 300 to one futures ticket on Providence and I'm disappointed that they have to face Kansas this round because I really don't have a money line hedge opportunity in that game at that at that price on Kansas, which is currently in the neighborhood of minus three ninety. You'll get one live. That's that's what I'm going to do. You'll get one live. I hope so. I'm what I'm hoping is that like 15 minutes into the first half, Providence is up by a dozen. <laughs> that's what I want, and then I'll get it on Kansas money line. But but that said, I also have a ten to one ticket on Kansas, so uh, uh, I'm, I'm not in too too bad a shape either way there. But it's. It's a fascinating game. I think you're right. Providence does a lot of things well, but they just don't do things as well as Kansas. I think the money line expresses that. People are willing to lay the 350 with Kansas on this game. 81% of tickets and almost and just under 70% of money on the money line at WinBet early is coming in on Kansas. Again, I stress early because some of this could flip a little bit. People might look, the public might, we'll see that 390 and they're not going to eat that 390. They're going to bet the plus 300 um, and kind of take the semi- I mean, how a four seed is kind of a, uh, uh, you know, uh, they're certainly an underdog and rightly so, but uh, they might take that plus 300 as we get closer to tip. Yeah, and easy to plus put, put together a chalky money line parlay if you want to go with Kansas, right. uh, mm-hmm. Gonzaga, and Purdue. Mm-hmm. Uh, last game, I think, might be my favorite just from a betting standpoint. Um, not going to be everyone's favorite in terms of kind of acclaim and headlines going into it, but. Uh, 10 seed Miami laying two and a half against 11 seed Iowa State. Always fun when you get a couple double digit seeds going at it in the Sweet 16. Yes. Making it to the second weekend. The total is set at 133. Ken Palm project, uh, predicts this game uh, to be 68 67 in favor of Miami. So Iowa State covering there. 
with a total of 135. Um, I would disagree with with Ken Palm here, and, and I'll get to that in a bit when I make my winning pick, but I really like Miami here. You look at Iowa State, they turn the ball over a lot. They rank 294th in that category offensively, and Miami ranks 60th in terms of forcing turnovers. Iowa State's calling card is their defense. They force a lot of turnovers. Um, they force teams to shoot a bad percentage, but Miami doesn't turn the ball over. They rank sixth in terms of protecting the basketball. Um, and the biggest edge is Miami ranks 24th in two-point percentage in Iowa State defensively. That's their one sort of deficiency on that end. They rank 215th in two-point percentage defensively. I like Miami here. I think the guard play is a huge advantage in favor of the Hurricanes across the board. I will probably continue to ride with the team that has made me a lot of money this year. I understand that. And right now, tickets, let me, I'm going to back up one second, just real quick, briefly, because you mentioned this on Providence, Kansas, the Ken Palm total. Yep. That there might be an edge to the over. Early betting, 63% of tickets, 95% of money on the over, recognizing that edge. So I didn't want to leave that out. But with regard to Iowa State, Miami, I agree with you. I love it. We got four seeds of eight or lower, depending on how you term that, but four low, low, thought of teams, lower thought of teams yep. that are in the Sweet 16. And it's awesome when you get two of them playing each other. Uh, Miami, just above two to one tickets and six to one money on the spread on Wednesday as we head into the Sweet 16. So definitely on your shot side there. Betters on the money line are definitely piling on Miami as well. Uh, not, you know, minus 140 isn't too much delay there if you don't want to mess around with the, with the points. And this spread has gone up, by the way, from at WinBet from minus one to minus two and a half. I've got a 201 ticket on Iowa State to win the whole thing. So this is a game I'm going to be involved with because it's a it's a low money line. I'm probably going to throw a few bucks on Miami money line and I'm probably going to throw a few bucks on uh what was the other one I was looking at? The uh, uh there was another money line I was looking at here and I can't remember which one. Oh, the Houston Arizona money line because I've got an opportunity to make sure that I get something out of these futures bets. So yep. I'm I'm going to sprinkle a little something on Miami too and I'm glad I'm in position to do it, which I wouldn't be if Iowa State was playing, you know, who they should be playing or Miami was playing who they should be playing based on seeding in the Sweet 16. Yep. Uh, very fun conversation. I think that was a, as about as comprehensive a Sweet 16 preview as you can have from a betting <laughs> standpoint in the matter of 20 to 25 minutes. Before I let you go, Patrick, do you have you placed any bets or are you going to outside of where your futures are right. and then hedging those futures? Any sides or totals that you really are keen on? I... I, I mean, I, I feel like I like Texas Tech. I, Duke is going to be the total public play there. Uh, as this, this is going to change quite a bit. Maybe it won't change so much at WinBet, but I do believe, you know, there's, and I'm not saying anything that's super smart, but the public's going to come in on Duke ahead of this tip-off. No question about it. Duke is going to be the public team, the whole Krzyzewski thing, everything. So I kind of like to, uh, Texas Tech. I might, I might do something there. <laughs> and look, why not take the flyer on on St. Peter's money line. Purdue is not Kentucky. Um, you know, and that was a point that one of the odds makers made to me last week. They're like, hey, everybody's coming in on St. Peter's in that in that second round game against Richmond. They're like, hey, if they can beat Kentucky, they can surely beat or, uh, Murray State. Or, or Murray State, I should say. If they can beat Kentucky, they can surely beat Murray State. Well, if they can beat Kentucky, they can surely beat Purdue. I might just throw it. That's just a fun bet. It's a flyer bet. It's not the smart, it's not the sharp side at all, but plus 650. You know, let's see if Cinderella can uh, finally break that jinx of a 15 seed never having gotten to the Elite Eight. I love it. Patrick, thank you so much. Again, Patrick Everson of Props.com. Follow him on Twitter at Patrick E underscore Vegas. Awesome stuff, man. Really fun conversation. 
absolutely look forward to coming back sometime. Awesome stuff there from Patrick. If you listen to that 25 minutes, there is something there that will help you place a bet or at least a more informed bet. And if you were leaning on one side, helping you be convinced of that direction or maybe helping you stay away from a game that you just don't feel good about uh, and not trying to force it. Um, let's give away some money. We've got our parlay bonus promotion that is still running. All users can receive a $10 free bet when they win, lose, or push a $20 four-leg parlay on hoops anytime between Monday and Thursday. Still time to get those parlays in for the Sweet 16. Go to winbet.com or download the WinBet app for official rules and details. And our secret word for the episode is sweetness. Obviously. Sweet 16, sweetness. A lot of creativity here happening on Bet to Win. Send the word sweetness to WinBet's Twitter account. Slide into those DMs. Include sweetness, your Twitter, or not your Twitter, uh, your WinBet username, and your WinBet email for a $25 free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Let's close this thing out with a winning pick. We're on a one-game winning streak. That's not a winning streak at all, but we're going we're gonna to pretend. Uh, Middle Tennessee State got us home on Monday, and I'm going to be hopping on Miami Moneyline at minus 140. If you want to get this game live, at some point, you're going to be able to get it at a better number than minus 140. If Iowa State scores the first basket of the game, it'll probably immediately jump to minus 120 or minus 125. But I'm okay laying that juice because I do think they're the better team. They're coming off a dominant 18-point win against Auburn. I think it's a fantastic matchup, even though Iowa State has a standout defense. I talked about some of it with Patrick earlier in the show, but they rank number six in turnover rate. They protect the ball better than damn near everyone else in the country. And they rank 30th in effective field goal percentage. They also rank 24th in two-point percentage against Iowa State's defense that ranks 215th in that category. Defensively, the huge edge in free throw percentage. Miami shoots it at 74.5%, where Iowa State is well below 70% at 68.4. Major advantage, and we're talking guard play. I really like the Hurricanes here. They make, they've been, if we're talking who's been making me money, it's Middle Tennessee State this year, and Miami probably right up next. I've been riding them in the first two rounds, and I will continue to do so in the Sweet 16. Miami money line at minus 140. That's going to do it for us on Monday. A special guest, Joe Staley. He's going to be in studio, kicking it here in the wind. Looking forward to catching up with him. We had him on in the fall. We're going to have him back on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Watch tons of hoops. Hopefully winning bets and minimal sweats. I'm Joe Fan. We'll see you next time right here on Bet to Win. Yeah.